Hi there again. This is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 594. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Please specify whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're free, including the postage. I've got a lot of message here uh, for you today, tonight, this morning, whatever it is, whenever it is that you're listening to the program. We're on the air different times all over the nation and throughout the world. But I have also music. I've got uh, letters. And whatever the Holy Spirit sends down unto me, let's pray. Father, I thank and praise your holy name for eternal life and for the Holy Spirit. Eternal life is not to be taken lightly because eternal life in the kingdom of heaven is the cream on top of all your promises with a cherry whipped cream and a cherry on the top of it with sprinkled walnuts all over. It's just the cream of the crop. That's your number one promise, and it's given to us provided we keep all of your commandments. Because uh, he, the, anyone that breaks even one of your commandments, the word says, and some people say, well, you know, um, it, people are really harsh because they preach the truth, and um, they just don't want to hear the truth of your word, Father. But I pray that you will bring it home to them in their spirits, in their minds, in their hearts. Uh, bring it home, Father God. Use my tongue, my mouth, to bring forth whatever it is that's on your heart, your mind, to give to the people in the world. Lord, I pray that you will um, bind every satanic force in this world, especially right now at this uh, message table. Build a wall of fire around and about me and all the members here. Lord, that the souls in the world will be saved and that the church will be given more power. And, Lord, that uh, I pray that you'll open many more doors, larger doors, because, Lord, you know that I won't allow sin to dwell in this church. Uh, you've stopped winking at uh, these people. Now you're pouring out uh, your justice on them by having me put them out of the church for misbehaving, for sinning. Lord, I ask that you uh, rebuke Satan and again open all the doors for us, big doors, large doors, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone says amen. Amen. All right, yesterday we played the Elvis Presley with J.D. Summers sing, and the Stamps singing, Why Me, Lord? Well, I have a rendition of it as well. And I just love uh, Elvis Presley's uh, rendition with J.D. Summers and the Stamps. But um, here I am with Janie Fricky and C.C. Uh, uh, Couch and a bunch of other people in the studio backing me up. Very uh, well-known singers around Nashville area. But... Um, I love the song, and a friend, an acquaintance of mine wrote it, and uh, I love the song, Why Me, Lord. Why me, Lord? What have I ever done to deserve evil? 
pleasure I've known Tell me, Lord, what did I ever do That was worth loving you For the kindness you've shown And try to repay all I've taken from you. Maybe, Lord, I can show someone else what I've been through myself on my way back to. some um, uh, letters. Where's the first one from? Uh, from Shreveport, Louisiana. So that's close. Then what? Where's so, uh, what do they say? A nursing home response. The activity director from the Shreveport area we recently visited called to invite us back for another service. Okay, this uh, is a testimonial from uh, one of our witnessing crews that goes to different rest homes and um, places where people are hurting. Okay, go ahead. She said after our first visit, the residents and staff talked about the service all week. The director, as well as the residents, were very touched at the devotion and good behavior of the young girls. She, the director, said, quote, that's what this world needs is the Tony Alamo Ministries, unquote. Well, we need is Jesus, and Jesus is here in the Tony Alamo Ministry. And uh, people keep saying that all over the world. And so it must be so. Amen. Amen. Then what? She will be sending you a thank you letter. There were 21 people that were saved, including the director. Praise the Lord. Amen. Isn't that something when people get saved? They, they've been going along all their life. and They never heard the, real, uh, the gospel preached in the power of the Holy Spirit. Then they hear it. They recognize it. They know that they 
are experiencing something that they've never experienced before, and then they uh, get convicted for their sins, and then they invite Jesus in, and they all 21 people were saved. Praise the Lord. Okay, then who is the next letter from? From Kitwe, Zambia, Africa. Okay, go ahead. Dear servant of God, greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May his blessings and his mighty power continue flowing on you, your church, and also on your family forever. First and foremost, I would like to thank you a million times for your gifts, for they really improve my faith and make me know more about God and Jesus, his son. Your literature is very good and have brilliant testimonies that show God's work and blessings to his people. I had no Bible, but by the grace of God, he has given me one from you, his servant. This is a clear testimony that God is real and dwells among his servants. I am also being blessed, and my trust in Christ is being increased as I am going through the book that you sent me entitled The Messiah. I would like to hear your preaching through your audio tapes so as to enable me to have access to listen to your voice. I want to continue working for my God with your support and prayer. I also want to introduce more people to your ministry so they can experience the miraculous power and spirit of the Almighty. Lastly, I would like to be on your prayer list to bring me closer to God forever. May the Almighty God render you the spiritual weapons and continuous blessings, both materially and spiritually, so that his kingdom will be glorified. Yours in Christ, Yona Banda from Kitwe, Zambia, Africa. Praise the Lord. What uh, this brother or sister is talking about uh, now is that uh, about the newness of the Spirit of the Lord. Well, the newness of our spirit, because we uh, are depicted in the Bible, and we're right on, is that we are the spirit. We're walking after the spirit of Satan. But when we agree, we go to a new state of mind, an entirely new life, because the old spirit, our old life, has been mortified or crucified with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're now walking in the Spirit of the Lord by and only by the uh, Holy Spirit. Uh, it produces this newness of spirit. And you can see that because there's a new desire and ability to keep the law of God as Christ did when he was in a human body because of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that was in him. This is um, chapter 8, verse 4 of Romans, of course. Read it. Oldness of the letter. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Yeah, not after the oldness of the letter. Some of these people go into church and they uh, are studying the Bible according to the letter. But the Bible says we have to be born again in order to be able to receive the newness of the Spirit. Uh, we need to receive the Word of God as Spirit and life. So the oldness of the letter, the external written law that was written, it's outside of our body. And it was written on uh, two tables of enduring granite, produced only hostility and condemnation. It's the same thing. You can take a dead tree 
And you can put signs up all around it saying, you must do this. You must grow fruit. You must have green leaves on you. You must have this. You must have that. You must uh, uh, have, uh, you know, do all the things that a, a fruitful tree does. But just saying those words to it by the letter and putting them on signposts all around the tree is still going to be a dead tree. Something has to happen to that tree in order for it to be able to have life, new life, to bring forth uh, again, uh, or if it never did bring forth good fruit, it has to have the life, the spirit of life in it. Now, everything that has life in it has a spirit in it, the spirit of life. When a person is dead, then they're a cadaver. And everyone, you know, I notice the Lord just imprints it on my mind when I'm talking to people on the streets or inside the church is that I'm looking and talking with a very future cadaver or a corpse. One time in the funeral home, when Susie was in the funeral home in Tulsa, Oklahoma, before we brought her over to the Edwards funeral home in, um, uh, over in, uh, uh, let's see, it was uh, near the Elma area, it's Van Buren. Well, we had the funeral at our church, and then we also buried her on our church property there. But uh, it, it was um, really so tragic. I just, it really hasn't fully hit me yet because I keep blocking it out of my mind because I love Susie so much that it just, uh, I just didn't want to know that she was dead, and I just blocked it out of my mind. All I knew I had to keep going on. But I was looking, I touched her skin, her hand. She's in this beautiful wedding gown in the casket, and I touched her, and it was like touching granite, uh, like cold, ice-cold granite. And the spirit was gone out of her, so the real Susie wasn't there. She was uh, gone on to be with the Lord. But the Lord promised that she's going to be risen from the dead again. And people have condemned me for saying this, but you know, the Bible says that God is going to raise everybody from the dead. So, um, now, the um, this uh, word of God around this tree is outward. There's nothing but l words that are telling this uh, tree to grow fruit and to uh, grow leaves and to be alive and bear fruit again. Um, so uh, the Lord is talking about these two tables of enduring granite produced only hostility and condemnation because the tree can't do anything. And we are, are likened unto trees in the Bible. We can't do anything without the Spirit of the Lord because we're living uh, out of the Spirit, which is the, we're living according to um, the law of sin. Is the law of sin. Uh, chapter 7, verse 7, Romans. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God is the forbid? law sin? No, it's not sin, but it certainly is not life either. Uh, because... Um, 
what it shows us is that we are sinners. And it shows us also that we're condemned to hell. That's what the law does. Uh, Paul wanted to make certain that those that uh, read his words do not believe such things as that. That they didn't come to that conclusion from verse 4 through 6. Read that. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ. Yeah, so in other words... Now you're not condemned because you're not sinning anymore, is what it means. You're not uh, like a dead tree with signboards all around you saying, bear fruit, because dead, you were dead, you, you can't bear forth anything. Look at a person in a casket, and uh, they can't bear fruit unto the Lord for eternal life, spiritual fruit. They can't do anything, really. So go ahead and read the verse 4 through 6. That ye, wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by, by the body of Christ. Yes. In other words, when you enter into the body of Christ, the law no longer has uh, can condemn you because you're in Christ. In other words, you're in the Spirit. You're in life, eternal life. Now, the temporal life that you has, uh, have is of no value. Grass has temporal life. It's going to die real fast and flowers and everything on the earth is either in resurrection or in just dying of course we have to die in order to be resurrected into new life so we have to become a corpse to our old life we we can't do our old life anymore but we have to have the spirit of the lord in us not walking according to the letter thou shalt not do this and that and this and that I couldn't stop from doing what I was doing before I had the Spirit of the Lord in me until the fear of the Lord came down on me. And until and this is the way it is with everybody. A lot of people say, well, we're not supposed to fear the Lord. Well, those the people that are saying those things have never read the Bible because that's the whole duty of man is to fear God and keep his commandments. The whole duty of man. You don't have to do anything else but that. The Lord doesn't say it. He's, he, he says that we can't do any good thing or bad thing. Because we're dead. And everything that we're doing is the devil in us. And yet it's us that's sinning. And so therefore we have to choose who we're going to serve. Are we going to let the devil run our life for us? Or are we going to allow? Are we going to choose to accept the Lord and his power and his uh, promises? And his miracles, all the miracles that we can perform, uh, yet not us, but him in us. Okay, so finish, 4 through 6. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another. Yeah, so we're not married to the devil anymore, or, uh, you know, um, because we're doing everything that the devil makes us do. But now we're married to uh, another. We're married to Christ. Now we're not dead because everything that Satan does is dead. He is uh, death. But Christ is life. Then what? That he should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead. All right. See, once he's raised from the dead, he can't die anymore. And once we're raised from the dead, 
if we continue on in righteousness, if we do what the Lord says, well, then we can't die anymore either. Our body will die unless we're here when the Lord comes back to earth again. There will be change in the twinkling of an eye. We'll meet him, meet him in the sky with uh, ten thousands of angels, of saints, really, actually is what it is. Then what? That we should bring forth fruit unto God. Yeah, so that we can't bring forth fruit unto the Lord if we're dead trees. If we're just studying the Bible by the letter and we don't retain anything by the Spirit, we're dead trees. Dead trees can't bring fruit, so we have to become spiritual. Not by the letter, but or by the law. We have to get out from under the condemnation of the law, get into Christ so that we can have um, the power of God in us. All right, then what? Verse 5. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of yeah, sin... Yeah, when we were just cadavers with no life in us, not eternal life, there's no eternal life. We were just cadavers or corp corpses. Now, every one of us are going to be corpses or cadavers if we die soon. And if Christ is not in us, there's no life in us, and we never, therefore, we can't bring forth life. Only life can bring forth life. Okay? Seed has to have life in it in order to bring forth, to, to cast into the ground so it rots and then brings forth life. And so if you don't have Christ's life and you don't have life in you, you just been studying by the letter. You never cared about accepting the Lord Jesus Christ. You didn't care about him using your cadaver, your cuerpo, uh, your corpse, your flesh to walk in you. So we have to die out to the flesh of the former lives that we had, that the law itself... Uh, uh, go ahead. Verse 5, For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. Verse 6. Right, because the, the law doesn't give life. So you might say, well, the law itself was uh, evil. Well, yeah, because it does uh, cast your soul to hell unless you let Christ rescue you. Unless you run into Christ immediately and stay there. And open your heart and let him come into your heart, into your uh, soul, to re resurrect your dead spirit and mortify the deeds of your flesh. Okay, go ahead. Verse 6. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Yeah, the letter... Okay, the letter is telling all these trees, grow fruit, grow fruit or you're going to hell. Grow fruit or you're going to hell. Well, that's the truth. But you can't grow fruit unless you have the Spirit of God in you, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of the Holy Spirit. Because uh, the Spirit, uh, the law itself, uh, is evil so far as being able for you to have life. What the law does is it shows you that you're evil. Uh, Paul said, I would not have come to no sin. It's not evil because the law revealed the divine standard of God. 
This is God's standard. Well, standard for what? Standard for you to be able to get to heaven. You'll either keep the law. You can't do that unless Christ is with the Father by the Spirit is in you. So as the Lord's standard, the standard of God, and as the believers complete themselves uh, against that standard, they can accurately identify sin. If you say, okay, this is the law, and they can do that by the law which is the failure to meet the standard. If you don't keep the law, then it's your failure to keep God's standard. You must keep the law. So the law is not really evil if you're born again of the Spirit, if you're keeping the law. And you can't keep the law unless the Spirit of God is in you, because only God his son kept the law and therefore when you're in him he has is giving you the power to keep the law um, Paul uses the personal pronoun quote I unquote throughout the entire rest of the chapter using his own experience as an example of what is tr um, uh, what is true of unredeemed mankind. That's of chapter 7, verse 12. Wherefore, the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just, and good. Right, but the people that are sinners will think that the law is evil because it's going to cast, uh, you, it'll cast your soul into hell. It's the word of God that says that you must complete the law, the standard of God. But... Um, Read that again. Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy and just and good. Right, so don't say that the law is done away with you. You're, if you say that, then you're saying that all holiness is done away with, and all goodness is done away with. And um, let's see, and true Christians, uh, 13 through 25, covet. Quoted from Exodus twenty seventeen. Go ahead, read it. In Deuteronomy five twenty one. Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. Verse fourteen. For we know that the law is spiritual. But I am carnal, sold under, under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. Yeah, that's I, I, I. In other words, he's talking about he himself. He says that he did also more work uh, so far as Christianity is concerned than all the other apostles together. Yet not I, I died. I died with Christ and I beat my body black and blue in order to keep my uh, body under the uh, Holy Spirit. And what? Verse 16. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Verse 17. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Verse 18. For yeah, I well, you're dead because his spirit in that kind of condition is 
dead. Uh, he, he's not resurrected yet. Then what? Verse 18. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. You can't find not. There's no way to, to, to figure that out except unless you have trust in Jesus. If you trust in Jesus, he enters into you and you're able to do it then. Then what? Verse 19. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Yes, in your unregenerated or unsaved uh, state. Then what? Verse 20. Now I find. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Yeah, the devil that dwells in you, your dead spirit. So your spirit has to be born again. Your spirit has to resurrect from the dead. You have to reckon your body to be dead. You have to reckon it to be a cadaver or a corpse and let Christ take over with a new life in you so that uh, you can, uh, by him, uh, could do many godly things. All right, then what? Mainly keeping the law. Then what? Verse 21. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Verse 22. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Verse 23. Yeah, his, his spirit wants to be saved, but he's talking about past tense. Then what? But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Verse 24. Yeah, it's in your members. That's why the Bible says that your flesh must be mortified. And the Bible then continues to say that you, the Spirit of God mortifies the flesh. So we have to become corpses and let Christ, with his Father, by the Spirit, live in us. And by, do that, by our doing that, it uh, mortifies the deeds of the flesh. Then what? Verse 24. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Verse 25. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Right there he tells you. How you're able to conquer the flesh. Amen. Amen. And then you go to the chapter 8 verse 1. It says that there's no condemnation to those that walk not after the flesh like he was before, but after the Holy Spirit. So, quote, covet. Quoted from Exodus chapter 20 verse 17 and Deuteronomy 5 verse 21. Exodus 20 verse 17. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. So if you covet, that means that you're wanting something. You, first of all, you're doubting that God could give it to you if you did, kept the commandments. And number two, uh, you're uh, wanting to commit adultery with your neighbor's wife. And you say his house, and you say... Uh, that should be mine instead of his. He may have been keeping the commandments of the Lord, and that's why he has that wife, and that's why he has that house, that's why he has that car, and that's why you don't have it. It's because you are uh, walking in the flesh. And uh, also, you don't have the Spirit of God in you. Uh, it's like uh, the Lord uh, told Cain, he said, if you did well, would I not bless you like I did Abel? 
But if I don't bless you, then there's some kind of sin in your life, son. I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? I mean, where is he? I don't know. He knows. He knew where he was, and God knew where he was as well. But he coveted. Cain and Abel had twin sisters, each one of them. And uh, how do I know that? Because I know the Bible and the books of the Bible that the Vatican didn't include. It's in the book of Adam and Eve. Amen? Amen. Adam and Eve wrote uh, notations, and they uh, did all sorts of writing. And they were preserved on Noah's Ark. So let's read uh, Deuteronomy 5.21. Neither shalt thou desire thy neighbor's wife, neither shalt thou covet thy neighbor's house, his field, or his manservant, or his maidservant, his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is thy neighbor's. Why shouldn't you covet? Because if you do well, God will give you the same thing. Amen? Amen. Maybe even better. But to uh, covet somebody else's thing, and you're just saying, ah, God is blessing him and not me. If you did well, if you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, you came into this world to save your soul. If you receive God's word, which is God, then God will bless you as well. That's why it's a terrible sin to doubt God so much that you'd kill somebody for their money, or you'd murder, not kill them, murder somebody for their money, or murder somebody for somebody's wife, uh, or murder... Um, any do anything of these things where you want a, their house so bad that you burn it down or murder them so that you can get into it uh-uh that's big time sin because you're doubting God so much that he could give you the same thing uh, that that shows that you are not a believer in God now chapter 7 verse 8 opportunity through the commandment. Go ahead. But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence, for without the law sin was dead. Right. Because when the law... I read that again, because what? But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence, for without the law sin was dead. Yeah, without the law, when you don't read the law, you don't even know what sin is. But when you read the law, then it makes the uh, the sin exceedingly sinful. So opportunity through the commandment, quote unquote, the word opportunity describes a starting point, a base of operation or an experience. This expedition, sin, uses the specific requirements of the law as a base of operation from which uh, uh, to launch its evil word confronted by God's law the sinner's rebellious nature finds the uh, forbidden thing more attractive not because it is inherently attractive 
but because it furnishes an opportunity to assert one's own self-will. Now, this is the will of God, that I shouldn't fornicate or commit adultery or be a homosexual. I'm going to show God. I'm going to show God that I'm not going to um, uh, keep his will. I'm going to assert my own will. I'll do my own will. I'll be like the Most High God. I'll do whatever I please. Well, you can do that, but there's a price to pay for it. Amen? Amen. A sinner's debt is washed under the blood of Jesus, but not uh, lifeless or non-existent. If we don't walk in the Spirit, we must remain in the Spirit because sin um, has life in the flesh. The life of sin is in the flesh. If you want to look at the devil, if you want to see him, look in the mirror. Because the Satan lives in your flesh. That's where he's at. And that's why the flesh has to be mortified. When you say the flesh needs to be mortified, what you're saying is that Satan has to be mortified. That's why the flesh gets old. Because we have to keep putting it under. Beating it black and blue, so to speak, spiritually. Chapter 5, verse 12 and 13. Romans. But wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for they yeah, all so, have sinned. In other words, Adam and Eve sinned. Adam and Eve are Adam. And so sin came into the world by them disbelieving God and doing what Satan told them to do, and therefore uh, they gave the, um, the control of the world to Satan. And uh, which brings to mind is that, uh, you know, Satan has, uh, is doing everything in his power to destroy all mankind. And so what he did is he made a situation, a corporation, to where he uh, lines up every different president of the United States and kings. and gives them great reward, and this is all done through the uh, one world uh, church and government, the international government, the one world government, the United Nations. And so what they do is they do something very obnoxious to people because most people on the earth do not want to fight. They want to go to war. And uh, so they will, like um, something more recent, they'll have, they'll just uh, bomb Pearl Harbor. And uh, before that, the Ragstad building in uh, Germany. And then... Uh, but everybody will get ticked off in the United States because they did that, and they'll go to war knowing full well that there's going to be uh, millions of people killed. In World War II, there was at least uh, 25 million people killed in Japan. 25 million people. That's more than the population of New York and Los Angeles. All right? And so this is the devil is sitting on a wire clapping his hands when he sees that. And he did that to con people into going to war. And the presidents played ball with it because they knew, uh, Roosevelt knew for sure that uh, that was going to happen. And they did not contact Pearl Harbor because it's the it was the New World Order saying we have to have a uh, government that believes in sin 
and not in uh, good people because there's very few good people in the world and so in order for us to live in peace on this earth we all have to become sinful so the first thing we have to do also after we get everybody killing each other is we have to brazzle and dazzle them with footwork we have to take the bible out of school we have to start pre preaching evolution let everybody think they're monkeys so that they don't have to believe in the word of god and they don't have to keep his commandments because if they keep his commandments our plan of democracy which is the mob rules which has always been wrong the mob has always been wrong so um, what they do is they've um, uh, then uh, all of a sudden they come over here there was enough people being killed so what they did is uh, got together with all the administration and everything and said okay we need your troops you know to fulfill this uh, new world order which was uh, created by Cecil Rhodes who is the father of the new world order and uh, we're gonna have to have another Pearl Harbor to get things going again to start murdering a lot of people because uh, you know and uh, we have to stop the United States from having uh, being so predominantly admired so we have to have a bunch of idiot presidents so that people will just be disgusted with their leadership and be disgusted with uh, their policies and uh, the Vatican says now you guys can be president if you'll take all the heat from me and when they start saying that a guy like Tony Alamo comes along and starts telling you it's all coming from me uh, you have to let people uh, you have to look guilty as sin on TV when they're showing you you have to sit in that schoolroom over there Mr. Bush and pretend like uh, your eyes you got to make them dart back and forth in your head after all this is a big act it's a big act and make them know that you're guilty and that takes the heat off of us the Vatican now you have to remember you're a little puppet otherwise we'll blow your brains out like we did uh, Kennedy now straighten out now when uh, the other Kennedy brother got shot it wasn't he wasn't shot by Sirhan Sirhan uh, I know Roosevelt Greer. I know I knew Mary Mayor Yorty and also uh, Walter Winchell and all the people that wanted me to do the promotion for uh, the entire Democratic Party, and they were telling me all these weird things to do, and I said I don't want to do it, and so I didn't. I said I don't know anything about politics back then, and I didn't. And uh, so they came to me and told me that uh, Kennedy was killed by his bodyguards. There were 22 bullets and 38 bullets in the back of his head where his bodyguards were. Sirhan Sirhan was in front of them. And a friend of mine, Roosevelt Greer, who was a, a L.A. Ram football player, is the one that dove over our, at Sirhan and captured him. Okay, and it's amazing they didn't kill uh, Roosevelt Greer. Rosie Greer all right and so uh, now uh, we're fighting this we know for sure that uh, uh, these uh, Iranians didn't bomb that building over there it was all a uh, planned situation with the people here with the administration this is not overactive uh, you know imagination I have the Lord that tells me these things and shows them to me and so now Satan is satisfied. He's so happy now that all these things are happening in the world 
and now he's got everybody uh, going down the tubes with their houses and all this. He loves to destroy. He comes to steal, to destroy, to lie, to murder. That's what Satan's job is. And if you can't see that this administration run by Rome is the Antichrist, then you're dead and you need to be saved. Amen? Amen. And also the people in the administration, because how long do you think God is going to allow this thing to exist? There's all kinds of storms all over the world and all kinds of condemnation from the Lord and all kinds of um, uh, plagues that are hitting, all kinds of diseases. What is it going to take to wake you people up? Hmm? I'll just let you think about that for a, a while. So, sin really does have life, and it's alive, but it's only alive in the human flesh. But we're not battling human flesh. We're battling the sin that's in the flesh. And we certainly must put the sin that's in our flesh under. Uh, we have to make it uh, be mortified we have to make ourselves uh, be uh, mortified by having the Holy Spirit in us that's why the flesh gets old and that's why the flesh kill people that are in the flesh murder each other but our weapons of warfare are not of the flesh we don't murder anybody we don't have guns boats bombs anything like that the flesh gets old because we have to keep putting it under beating it black and blue uh, so to speak spiritually now did you read chapter 5 verse uh, 12 and 13 not 13 read it for until the law sin was in the world but sin is not imputed where there is no law you know it was when little babies are born they haven't sinned actually uh, and they die they go to heaven immediately but the sin is dormant when we're walking in the spirit uh, in other words it's somewhat uh, mortified if you're walking in the spirit it's totally mortified that's why we have to walk in the spirit and the spirit is the word of god when the law comes sin becomes fully active and overwhelms the sinner to the point where they have to ask the help of the lord they have to become born again. Verse, uh, chapter 7, verse 9. From the law. Born again from the law. Go ahead. For I was alive without the law once. Yeah, alive to sin. Then what? But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. Yeah, because say, I don't want to do this. I don't want to uh, disobey the law of God, and so I'm going to be dead with you. Christ, just take my life, uh, and you overpower my life and enter into me and let me be crucified with you. From the law, I want to be free from the law. I want to be in you. I want to be holy. Not ignorance or of a, or lack of uh, concern for the law Philippians chapter 3 verse 6 concerning zeal persecuting the church 
touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Right, so when he got saved, he didn't persecute the church anymore because he became a new creature. His spirit was revived in him by the Spirit of God, and he became a spiritual being rather than dead. But a purely external, imperfect conception of it. We can't do anything by reading uh, externally or doing things externally because we can't do any good thing. It must be the Spirit of the Lord in us. When the commandment came, when he began to understand the true requirements of God, the true nature of sin, the moral law at some point in time, prior to his conversion, sin became alive. Then he knew that he was sin, a sinner, in other words. Because without the, the knowledge of the law, you don't even know what sin is. I mean, you'd think it's fun to go out and have fornicate and commit adultery, and it's like, you know, putting notches on your uh, bedpost. Paul realized his true condition as a desperately wicked sinner. 1 Timothy 1.15 this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. When that happened, he says, I died. Paul died, and we have to die as well. He realized his spiritual deadness, his unresurrected deadness, that all his uh, religions... Um, credentials uh, had no meaning at all or any accomplishments were all as dung or rubbish Philippians 3, 7 and 8 but what things were gained to me those I counted loss for Christ yeah because I died out what is there to this world anyway to be stupid, to be dead, to not know what's going on, or to not know where you're going or what you're doing. Chapter 7, verse 10, Romans. And the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. It was to result in his life, eternal life, theoretically perfect. Obedience to the law would bring eternal life, but uh, he realized that he couldn't do that. Who could deliver him from the body of this death? No one but the um, no one but he thanked Jesus for doing that for him. Absolutely, Amen. Amen. And with it, he has to have holiness, but. No one except Christ can keep the whole law, but in Christ, when he's in us, well, then we're in him, and it's him in us that is able to be perfect because our bodies will not sin any longer because we're fully obeying the law, and even the acceleration of the law in the New Testament. We'll go on with this later tomorrow, but my time is up. And I pray that you understood what uh, is being said, because 
uh, the pastors in this world uh, that I hear all the time are not preaching this. They say that this is Paul saying that he can't do any good because they just uh, make a whole religion out of chapter 7. But now to uh, get out of chapter 7 and into chapter 8, which says that you can be free from the condemnation of the law by being born again in the Spirit. And here's how you do it. Just say this prayer to the Lord and give him all the praise and the glory and the thanks. Say to the Lord God, My Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, and I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart, and I invite you into my heart, Christ Jesus, Father God, and Holy Spirit. You're all one. Wash all my filthy sins away in the precious blood, my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me on the cross at Calvary. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul, I know, because your word says so. Your word says you'll turn no one away. All that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, you say. So call upon the Lord. You're calling upon him, and therefore you can know that uh, he's heard you, and that you can know that he's answered you, and say to him, I know that uh, you've heard me and answered me, and I know I'm saved, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now raise your hands and praise and thank the Lord, and read the King James Version of the Bible, and uh, Sharon's going to tell you now how you can receive a copy of this uh, program, number 594. Make sure you say program 594. Sharon? Go to com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370. Or fax to area code 479 782 7406. All right. Praise the Lord. This is World Pastor Tony Alamo saying tune in tomorrow for another stepping stone to good health, good spiritual health. Okay. And, um, you know, we're supposed to let Christ be all we need for today and tomorrow. And here I am to sing it for you. Let him, Christ, be all you need. Yeah.